Join me in Genesis chapter 21. Like I said, we started seven Sundays ago in Genesis 12. And it says this here. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant. I love that. The Lord kept his word. We, we, can, we can leave on that. We can go to brunch. That's your word right there. The, the Lord kept his word, and you can go live your life. God is faithful. He's a promise keeper. And I love that. He did exactly. He didn't do 98% or 99.99. Like, he did 100% of what he said he would do. He's a good God. He's faithful in that way. And she became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time. Whew, there it is. Someone say time. time. This happened at just the time God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. This was a part of the agreement, the covenant, that if anyone follows God or believes in God and has professed faith, you had to, if you were a male child, you had to get that child circumcised on the eighth day. And it says this here, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I've given Abraham a son in his old Age, Wow. I'd encourage you to go back if you haven't in unique context. Read Genesis 12 all the way through 25. You have a week left to, to catch up with us. Or you can go back through the series on YouTube, on podcasts. We'll give you context. Who's Abraham? For those of you who are newer to the church, Abram or Abraham is the father of faith. He is one of the main reasons that we're sitting in this room together. Aside from Jesus Christ himself, this whole thing, church, started with a man named Abraham. And so, great man of faith, and it's been an encouraging series. But we're going to jump here. Abraham is 100, and Sarah is 90. And how about it, guys? Baby Isaac has arrived. Can we celebrate that if you've been following the series? <laughs> Baby Isaac has finally arrived. Wow. God, man, this has been a series. What did we start out with? The call to wow, the dream in my heart. I'm trying to remember my own stuff. The increase test. Yes, the increase test. Um, I doubt it. Uh, God is taking too long. I'm at a disadvantage. It started up, and then it's like the promise of God is, ah, oh, where is it? And then Isaac finally arrived. 100 years old and 90 Years old. The journey began in Genesis 12 when God called Abraham to leave Ur. And there have been many ups and downs. What I love about the Bible is it, it's our life. The Bible is, for people who don't say the Bible, for people who say that the Bible is not relevant, just look at them and walk away. Don't, don't waste your time. You got things to do. Don't waste your energy. Read the book, man. Like, it, it is your life. The drama packed in it, the ups and the downs, the struggles, and then God's glory, God's faithfulness, God's goodness. It's all mixed in there, you know? And so I've been highly encouraged over the past two months because I'm seeing my life, a lot of my struggles through Abraham, but it gives me encouragement to keep persistent with Christ. And it says this here, um, 
But, but, but having a son took precedent over all of those things, the ups and the downs. Having Isaac took precedent. It was the priority. Because God had promised to bless them, protect them, and to give them many descendants. And in order to do that, they needed to have a male child. And so as I was studying this week, um, I asked the Lord, what is the main idea? What, what are we trying to get to the people? Isaac is here. We made it. You are a promise keeper. But speak to our hearts. And so he took me back to Genesis 12. And that, that, that idea of time is here. Let's, let's go to verse 2 real quick. Verse 2 says this. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time. Someone say time. time. God said it would. Yeah. So he said from Genesis 12 to Genesis 21, this very moment. He said, son, it's been 25 years. It's been 25 years. And so he said, this is the question. This is the, the, the question of the week. We've had a question of the week every, every Sunday, I think the past four Sundays or so. But here's the question. Ask the people this and ask yourself. He said this. What could my life look like 25 years from now? Yeah. I'm like, I like this, Lord. This is a good word. What could my life look like October the 1st, 2048? Some of you are like, what in the world is he talking about? I can't even see tomorrow, <laughs> much less October 1st, 2048. And uh, we, we, on staff, we, we do uh, strength finders. We used to do it years ago. One of my top five strengths is futuristic. So when, when God said, I want you to hit on this subject in the form of a question, I got real excited because it's a dream about the future. I imagine the future. I think in order to be a, a leader in any capacity, you have to have some kind of prophetic sense of the future. You can't be a day-to-day -day person because you can't lead people to greater things if you're just stuck on brunch and video games in the gym. All those are great, but we got to get like, we got to start thinking and we got to see ourselves. Where, where, this is my question. Where are you at October 1st, 2048? Assuming that we're all alive. Let's just give, give each other that much. Don't get all deep with me. Well, I might be dead. So no, that ain't the kind of heart to have. Like stick with me, right? We're all alive. But what does it look like in 25 years? Or, or how about this? What, what if, let's form the question in this way. What if God's greatest blessings were reserved for your life until October the 1st, 2048? What if you knew that? That all the promises that he's laid on your heart, all of his greatest blessings were reserved 25 years from now. So the second question now becomes, how would it change the way that you walked with God starting today? Yeah. And I think in Genesis 12, Abraham knew that Isaac would come. Yeah. I don't think he knew it would take 25 years. A few weeks ago, we said that we think he doubled his time because of desperation and disobedience. I believe this thing could have happened in 12 or 13 years. But 
What if you know it? And I believe that God has shown me personally what my life could look like. By 2048, I'll be 61. But how would it change the way you walk with God today? So today's title is this. Me, 25 years from now. Or you, 25 years from now. That's good. Mm. I already see it. I'm going to be dressed the same. I left my gold chain season during the pandemic, so I'll never go back. This is me. I might, you know, midlife crisis and all that stuff. Hey, if y'all ever see your pastor venturing into that, please, like, say, pastor, it, it ain't working out. Just go back to when you were in your 30s. All right. Me, 25 years from now. Come on, I need, I need, you, I need you to get this in your heart. Before I get into the practical points, um, say this, say, my heart is open. My, heart is open. my mind is ready, mind is ready. To, receive to receive a word from heaven. From heaven. All right, so you're ready to go. All right. Me, 25 years from now. Wow. The first thing we see in the text is, number one, God's promise. Go ahead and jot that down. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not, write that down. God's promise. Genesis 21 verse 1 says this, the Lord, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly, someone say exactly, exactly. what he had promised. All right, so this, this is essential as you're thinking about the future, right? It's essential that you anchor your life in truth. It's essential that you begin to contrast the value systems that were embedded into you as you're growing up, and even now as, a, as an adult, if you're there, and you begin to contrast your thoughts, your values, with the Word of God. And if they don't align with the Word of God, you cannot imagine God releasing His best into your life in 25 years. Amen. You just can't. But if you begin to substitute... Values that don't align with the Lord for his and then couple them with belief and faith. You stand a better chance of stepping into a greater life 25 years from now. You have to stand on something. That's that's really the only way you get to the best life by 2048 is what am I standing on? What, What do I is it the celebrity on TikTok? Is it the YouTube celebrity? Is it the psychologist? None of those things are necessarily evil or bad per se, but I would say don't bank your value system, your way of life, your way of living on how they are. You, you, got, you need something to stand on, right? And so the greatest thing I found out in walking with Jesus for 17 years, the greatest thing, let me encourage you with this if your heart is open. Some of y'all are ready to go, and that's fine. But for those of you who are listening, if your heart is open, this is the greatest thing that you can stand on, and it is Scripture. You need to write that down. You need to fake like you're writing it down. Do something. It, right? A dull pencil is sharper than the sharpest mind. So do something. Write it down. The greatest thing that you can stand on is Scripture. And Scripture is, um, if I have to interpret it for you or translate it, it is God's Word. What, what does the verse say? The Lord kept His... Someone finish it for me. Word. Word. So when God tells me something... That's what I stand on. Yes. 
That's what I walk by. That's what I live by. God kept his word. Now, the disadvantage that Abraham had was that he did not have one of these. He didn't have this. He had a rhema word. He had a specific word for his life. And the reason he didn't have this is because God knew that he wasn't distracted by this. Whenever mankind begins to idolize and distract ourselves with things, God finds a way to work around what the devil is doing so that he can continue to speak to us. So he didn't need this because he didn't have this. We have this. This is called scripture. Someone say scripture. scripture. And it simply means um, inspired writings. Inspired writings. So there are 40 writers, one author of the scripture. The one author is God himself. And the 40 writers are the prophets over the past couple thousand years or so. And so as God spoke, as I'm speaking, I'm breathing out. As God spoke, they breathed in, and as he spoke, they wrote. And he left us with this gift so that we don't have to be confused or lost or wondering what God's will is because God's word is his will. And God's will is built out through the way that you live your life. And when you're walking in the way, you will inevitably walk into the promises of God that are found in this book. Oh, it's such a good deal. His love is so good. Yeah, he gave you Jesus for salvation, but he gave you his word so that before you die and you go to heaven, you can live the best life in this earth. Oh, we here. Ah, this is good. Mm, love this Bible. Mm, love my Bible. Love my Bible. Anyone love the Bible? Yes. If you love the Bible, I want you to give God praise for five seconds. Come on, come on. I'm, I need you. Mm, fresh manna from heaven. Second Timothy three says this: All Scripture is God breathed. Wow. So all of it comes from the Lord. All of it's God breathed. And then it says this. This is what I love about reading the Bible. So, so um, my dad's 86. Um, he conceived me uh, when he was 50. Obviously, alone with my mother. He can't conceive me, but my mom conceived me. You get how it all works. Um, <laughs> keep moving. All right. <laughs> And so growing up, people say, you got an old soul. And that's because, like, my dad was old. So always old stories. I used to go to the tree. Y'all don't know nothing about the tree. The, the tree was with these old men who drank liquor and smoked cigarettes. It's a good old talks. I was seven years old. I was like this baby girl over here, just, just chilling with the old folk, listening at all the gossip. But, man, I was getting so much wisdom. I'm like, I ain't doing that when I grow up. That's stupid. I don't know why you did that when you was in your 20s. But just listening to all these stories was amazing. And I'm glad my dad took me around that environment. I would be petrified to take Judah around anything like that. <laughs> but there was value in it. 
All right, the Bible says this. Romans 15.4 says this here. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. Here it is. I love it. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So why were the scriptures given? Number one, to teach us. So what does that mean, Pastor? That means I can look at Abraham's life, Sarah's life. I can look at their mistakes, their wins, their wise decisions, and I can partake of those, walk out those things, and I can expect the same results, good, bad, or indifferent. They're given to teach us. But it also says this. It says that the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently. Someone say patiently. For God's promises to be fulfilled. So there is a waiting period of stepping into God's promise. God will speak to you, write this down, about your future after you've laid the foundation of Scripture. It should pop up. God will speak to you about your future after you've laid the foundation of Scripture. And I mean years. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus at 19 years old. I said, well, let's think about this. Gave someone my soul. He's supposed to take me to heaven. I might want to get to know this guy. Yeah. You, you don't trust someone with your soul. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's your soul. It's eternal. Without getting yeah. to know them. You don't, well, some people do, which is weird. <laughs> but you shouldn't marry someone yeah. for no reason. Without getting to know them. And when we come to Christ, we, and when we're baptized, we essentially marry the Lord. Baptism is like putting the wedding ring on. Jesus is saying, you are mine. We're the bride of Christ. He's saying, you're married to me. I am your bridegroom. So it's essential that I get into this word. So, man, I would get into, I would devour this word. Devour it. Devour it. Study hard. Get home. Get to the word. Do my book work. Get to the word. Go to work. Get in the word. At lunchtime, I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I'm in the word. Six years later, six years of laying foundation in the word, in the word, in the word, in the word. Because this is the revealed will of God. After six years of foundation, foundation, knowing Jesus, knowing Paul, knowing grace, knowing resurrection, knowing baptism, changing my life, changing my values, changing the way I live. After six years of the basics, God says, okay, it's time for me to reveal my concealed will for you. Moses said this. I was reading Moses the other day. Moses said that there are secret things that no one knows. God has secret things. I think it was like Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm like, secret things? I want to know the secret things. What are the secret things? Well, it made sense. The secret things are the concealed things that he wants to tell you. Mm. 
But unless you learn how he speaks, even if he told you, you wouldn't even know it's God because you don't you don't have the foundation. This is important. Someone say it's important. It's important. I know it ain't sexy. Excuse my French. But it is important. It's the principal thing. It's to get this foundation in your life. So God will speak to you about your future after you've laid the foundation of Scripture. Number two, we see Abraham's action. Abraham's action. All right? Faith, here it is, if you're taking notes, means to be persuaded. It means to be persuaded. And so God called Abraham from Ur, and what happened was, and he gave him all these promises, what happened was he combined his faith with what God said. And as a result of combining his faith and belief with what God said, he acted. So the Bible says God called him and he moved. He didn't sit on it for 10 years. Abraham, leave Ur of the Chaldees. I'm going to bless you, protect you, multiply you. He didn't sit there for 10 years. He moved. When God called us from Florida and New York, what do we do? We said we're quitting jobs April 2015. We're moving in May of 2015. Whether you got a job or not, let's go. Because God gave us a vision. He gave us instruction. He gave us a promise. We moved. And so we call Abram the father of faith. I would propose that we should call him the father of action. Because the Bible says that faith without action is dead. So I can have faith, but if my feet don't get moving, God's like, bro, I can't do much. I'm kind of, I can do anything. But to a certain extent, for certain individuals, I need you to catch that about God. God can do any. Jesus is going to come back when he wants to. No matter what we do, we go be at lunch. He even said, y'all go be at weddings. Y'all go be out shopping. Y'all go be out vacation. And bam! I'm here. Sky opening. Right? That's what he said. He said, y'all can do whatever you want. But when it comes to my promises, when I tell you something... You step out on that, right? And things that we're persuaded by, we do. Man, going to Miami, going to Hawaii, going there is going to be amazing. What do we do? We buy the ticket, we get the rental car, we go shopping, and we do it. Because we're persuaded that once we get there, it's going to be amazing. I would propose he's the father of action. Year one. Come on, Sarah. Go ahead, this baby. Year two. Come on. Year 12. Come on, girl. Year 23. Come on, girl. Let's... <laughs> Although reluctantly, he's still acting on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because sometimes you don't feel like it. Yeah. But wow. your obedience has to take precedence yeah. over your yeah. feelings. Yeah. And you, you just got to act in faith. So Abraham's action is very simple. Thank you, Lord. Here it is. Abram, Abram. I keep saying Abram because God changed his name. Abraham believed, then acted. That's probably the word of the Lord for you today. Abraham believed, then he acted. 
then he acted. And what I've come to find out is this, as, as we think about October 1st, 2048, where are you at? 25 years from now, where are you at? As, think about this, guys. This, this, this is very vital. It's the action that's going to get you there. Not theory, not philosophy. Watch this. Not even what you believe, but it is your belief applied that gets you. It is your belief applied that gets you there, October 1st, 2048. Because faith is consistent action over time. That's what faith is. Faith isn't something fluffy in the air. It's not a wish. It's con- faith is action, consistent over time. It's consistent. Like I said, I, I remember, oh my God. I, I remember when, when Chris was, was living with Pastor Kyra and myself and my mother-in-law's home. And none of this was three services, you know, dreams about another location in, a, in, a, in another year or so coming in Frederick. Like, none of that was even thought of. We didn't even know the city. We were still in Altamont Springs, Florida, 25 minutes away from Disney. He was in his room, and he's like, I can do the website, Pastor. I'm like, well, yeah, we need something, because I'm about to spend two grand on the website. Can you really do the website? He said, yeah, we just need 500, 600 bucks. I can do it. And he did the website. But it's, we were persistent in that. Back then, that was the toughest thing we faced, was a website. Wow. Wow. But I said, all right, let's do it. Then, then we asked the first group of six people to move with us. They said no. We had to re-up, mm-hmm. ask another six. They said yes. Because the promise is permanent. Mm-hmm. Don't forget this. Yeah. The promise does not change. Right. Yeah. God's goodness is not null and void. It has not moved. God has not removed it. God is not hiding. It's permanent. But the problem is, is we all give up. We all, yeah. in certain seasons, way too soon. We stop obeying. We start doubting. We start pushing back. When God is saying faith is not a thought that makes you feel good and it's supposed to materialize in a week, this crap might take 25 years. The question is, is are you willing to hold on and be consistent? The consistency. I know the older I get, maybe it's because I wear khakis and I'm getting older. <laughs> I feel more. It's going to happen. Chill out. People cutting up, acting up, I don't care about that no more. Like, it's whatever. Yeah. Right? I, I got to be centered right. and grounded right. because pandemics happen and people leave and people come and people go and I don't feel good and I'm irritated and I'm irritable but centered in my soul 
I got to stay consistent. It's Abraham's action that got him to Isaac. I love this. Here's scripture. Here's the word of God. Here it is. I love this. This is one of my life verses. Get it, tat it on your heart. Here it is. Psalm 37, 34. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path and he will honor you on October 1st, 2048 by doing everything he promised. Where are you at? Where are you at in 25 years? Are you traveling steady? Are you persisting in purity? Are you showing up with an excellent attitude? How about this? Let let me ask you this. So that was the word of God. So now I'm going to stand on that scripture. Because his promise is that he's going to give me the land. His promise is that he's going to prosper me in every... Y'all think land cheap? I ain't even going to go there. All right. Because y'all missing it. (laughs) It's so much right there what God just said. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Let me ask you this. What if... You read your Bible every day for the next 25 years. And it wasn't a dust cloth anymore. Just collecting dust. What if you prayed every day for the next 25 years? I mean, taking five minutes. I'm five in the morning, at least five in the evening. Sometimes it goes 15, 20, 30. I'm, most of my shower is prayer. I'm just in there. I got my little jazz chill station right there. Put it on up there. I'm, I'm just laying in the tub, letting the water hit me. <laughs> God is... <laughs> The things that God has said to me in the shower, it's become a thing. It's, it's, yeah, I shower to get clean, but I, I really go to spend time with the Lord. What if you were faithful to serving and being planted in a healthy local church? Doesn't have to be this one. Y'all know me. I open the door for anybody, right? But if it is this one, what if you were faithful for the next 25 you're, you're, you're planted? Because you, you should understand at this point, people get hurt at every church. There are no perfect churches. As a matter of fact, if it was, as soon as you stepped in, it became imperfect. So we got rid of all that. When are you going to find a healthy church? What if for the next 25 years you served, you tithe, you were in community, you were growing in your faith, you were being corrected, you were become, becoming a leader, you had accountability partner, you had that constant encouragement for 25 years. What were you at October 1st, 2048? Where are you at? Where you at? God told me to tell you this. 
that living a faithful, simple, consistent life draws the promise into your life. Faithful, simple, consistent. Abraham wasn't out there. I highly doubt Abraham would have had an Instagram page. I, I doubt it. I think he was that kind of guy that was like, I'm working my thing. I'm hidden. There's a promise of greatness on my life. Therefore, I cannot be overly exposed or exposed too early until God actually does it. But a faithful, simple, consistent life. It draws the favor of God. And it draws the promise of God into your life. A faithful, simple, consistent life. A faithful, simple. Thank you, Lord. I kept saying it because I knew you were going to visit me again. I almost forgot the thought. Thank you. Here it is. You have to fall in love with the mundane. Good. You must fall in love with the mundane. Y'all remember a week ago? How was the weather? Cloudy, rainy, chilly, and cold. And a lot of times we hate those days. We get depressed. Rightfully so. We're all humans. However, let me encourage you with this. Those are the greatest days of your life. Because it's in those days where when your heart is aligned with God that he's slowly releasing that promise into your life. We're too event-driven. When's the next party? When's the next celebration? When's the next trip? No, 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 no. A simple, faithful, consistent life where you are hidden under the shadow of the wing of God. And when they look up 25 years from now, your family and your friends are going to wonder, how in the world are you so blessed? Because I was secure in what God was doing in me. And I stayed faithful, I kept it simple, and I kept it consistent. Simple. Fall in love. Um, that's probably the word of the Lord for you. Fall in love with the mundane. I'm sure out of 25 years, 90% of those days were mundane days. Yeah. Y'all know about 10% of life is a, woo, it's a celebration. The other 90%, what would it look like the next 25 years if you were the best employee at work? What would the trajectory of your promotions look like over the next two and a half decades? Wow. Be different. Someone say be different. Be different. Be different. And number three, promise fulfilled. We see God's promise fulfilled. Come close me out, worship. Genesis 21, 5 through 7 says this. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. The Lord had me do a, an exercise. He said, son, I want you to write a letter to 61-year-old Joshua. 
And um, because on October 1st, 2048, I'll, I'll be 61. He said, there are two reasons I'm having you write this letter to yourself. Number one, because I am a promise keeper. And you're going to see it. He said, number two, because when you read it, you're going to need the encouragement in it. Because though you're 61, you haven't arrived yet. And so I wrote it. And um, I wrote it yesterday. I was afraid to write it. Because when you write something like this, you're saying, God, I believe you for every promise that you put on my heart, no matter how big or how great it is. It's scary. But once I write it, it's a prophetic declaration over your life. Hey, old man. This letter is from you. Written on Saturday, September 30th, 2023. Tomorrow morning at Highlight Church, Gaithersburg, you will teach a message entitled, Me. 25 years from now. The last time you read this letter is when you shared it with the church on Sunday, October the 1st. I pray and believe that this note will find you well and extremely blessed. Take a pause. Take a breath. Before I wrote that part, I was like, what day of the week will it be in October 1st, 2048? It's going to be Thursday. Thursday is my message prep day. Given that, and it's always an intense day because I'm like studying hard and I'm in it. So just in case I'm prepping, I said, take a pause, take a breath. Look around. I'm typically at my house preparing, so I'm going to, you know, anyway. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I know it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to read this again. Praise God for all he has done in your life. Your wife is healthy. Your children are thriving as adults. Jay is 40 and Judah is 34. Your grandkids are absolutely beautiful. And whoa, Highlight Church has immense influence in the great state of Maryland and across the globe. God gave you the vision of 20 locations and he kept his promise. I know you're smiling. As a result, thousands of lives have been changed forever by coming to Christ through the church. God is faithful. God is good. God is a promise keeper. In addition to honoring the Lord for his goodness... I wanted to honor you for your faithfulness over the years. Thank you for being faithful to Kyra. Thank you for being. This is, thank you. This is weird because you're writing it to yourself, but it is something powerful about it. I want you to go home and do this. Thank you for being faithful to Jaziel. Thank you for being faithful to Judah and the church. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for never giving up on the promise of God. Thank you for allowing your faith to speak louder than your doubts. Thank you for following Jesus with all your heart. You are an extremely blessed man. However, I'm not naive. And I'm sure that you're up against a number of challenges in this season. I want to encourage you to get your rest. Trust God and keep going. God is with you and he will never leave you. As you've read this letter to yourself at the age of 61, I hope that you've been filled with faith to believe God again for his best 25 years from this moment. Truly, yours truly, literally. 36 year old Joshua. P.S. 
be sure to write a letter of encouragement and honor to the 86-year-old Joshua. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Man. Consistent. When you know what God has promised you, you're going to stick in that marriage. You're going to be faithful to those kids. You're going to be faithful to your church. Jesus is only building one thing, and it's not our businesses. He's building his church. Amen. You're going to be faithful to it. I want to finish off with Romans 4. We're going to honor the, the man of God. It says this here. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abram's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, someone say in fact. In fact. I love that. His faith grew stronger. And in, in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Come on, if you know that God is a promise keeper, let's celebrate the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.